hello everybody and uh, welcome. Greetings to you all. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Uh, I've got a question for you. Which is the most beautiful island in the world? I'm sure you've got one that comes to mind, but what really does it depend on? Is this its natural beauty, the surrounding waters, the culture, things to do? A number of factors play into this. Well, I'm going to talk about one of my favorites. It is the island of Palawan. It's P-A-L-A-W-A-N, located just west of the Philippines. A little bit more about that in a while. I traveled there probably, i say, a couple of years ago. And getting there is not too difficult, I would imagine. But you have to negotiate uh, Manila Airport, which can be a bit of a problem. Now, Manila's airport is quite vast, actually, but they do have one terminal that you have to get into public transport to get there. It's a bit like Terminal 5 at London Heathrow, but it reminds me of that. Yes, you're out in the public transport for a while to get to the connecting terminal. We uh, checked in there, or I checked in there, and um, I we got on the bus to go to the plane, and that was another 10-minute ride to a plane that was sort of left out in the cold at the outskirts of the airport, just sitting there as if it had been discarded for some reason. Anyway, all the passengers got on, and about an hour later, we landed at the capital city of Puerto Princesa. More about that in a minute. Now, Palawan is famous for a few things. The most popular beach area is around the area of El Nido. It's quite famous. Just Google that, really, El Nido. Some of the most spectacular scenery and beaches in the world. It's on the northern coast. However, to get there, you have to take one of these small commuter planes, you know, like the twin-engine Cessna type thing, where the pilot will ask you how much you weigh before you get on the plane. Now, I live on the coast here, down in South Florida. Well, actually, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, and I know there's a few small aircraft that fly around here, and occasionally one of them just goes into the Gulf of Mexico for whatever reason. So I'm worried about that type of thing. So I want to be around for a little bit longer, if you know what I mean. Anyway, Palawan is the island. Now, if you say to any type of Filipino, yeah, I've been to Palawan, they say, oh, that's beautiful. Well, the island is, in fact, beautiful. It has a lot of character. I chose to fly into Puerto Princesa, which is said about an hour's flight out of Manila. The plane landed safely, and that's the first time I've ever landed at an airport and I've taken a tuk-tuk to my hotel. Well, I had a bit of a problem with the hotel, actually. <laughs> I landed up checking out the next day. Now, I booked the hotel using, I don't know if it was TripAdvisor or Trivago, uh, one of those sites that uh, do studies on hotels and uh, people write in. So this particular hotel called the Green Space did have some uh, good reports about it. So and it was sort of downtown. So I decided to stay there. However, when I checked in, which was sort of early evening, there were kids playing in the lobby on the Internet. And it seemed a bit disorganized, but I sort of put that at the back of my mind. And I basically checked in, went to my room. And everything it seemed just fine. However, no air conditioning, no hot water. I needed a shower. And I thought that would just sort of blow away, so to speak, be fixed in a short while. 
Anyway, I brought it up to the attention of the receptionist on the way out of the hotel when I went for some food that night. I found my way into the city center and uh, I found a place to eat, which was, you know, half decent. And uh, it was a quiet night for me. Now, with the island of Palawan, actually, just to digress here, I wrote a chapter about my trip to Palawan. And the title of that chapter was Bats, Frogfish and Nature's Wonders in Palawan. And you may be thinking, bats, frogfish, what on earth is he talking about? Well, I'll tell you a bit more about that later on. Now, this chapter was part of a book I wrote called Planes, Trains, Taxes and Tuk-Tuks. It's my most recent release. It got released at the beginning of 2020 or later part of 2019. It's out there. You can buy it at the usual places. Uh, but this was a story worth telling, I thought, going to the island of Palawan, where not many people have even heard of the place, let alone gone there. Even many of the Filipino people have never gone there because it's a special type of place. Anyway, I had a couple of thoughts in mind before I went there. As you know, I'm an avid scuba diver, so it is renowned for scuba diving. So that was my main focus to go there. But it's one of these islands in the Philippines that is renowned to have some wonders Beautiful scenery, landscaping is out there. It's really out there, sort of not in the middle of nowhere, but you actually realize that you're in a foreign land. Another negative thing about my hotel room was the fact it had no internet. No, no internet service. Who does that these days? So no hot water, no air conditioning, no internet. Yep, it was going to be a short stay. In fact, after breakfast, which surprised me because I sat down at a table in a sort of courtyard area. There was a rotten banana on my plate. I thought they were taking the mickey, or as we say in England, taking the piss. But no, because I saw the same old rotten bananas on other people's plates as they would come to breakfast in the morning and see that. <laughs> it seems rather strange, but anyway, there was sort of a buffet, but it was to be honest with you, just crap. So anyway, I approached the reception. I said, um, okay, I explained the uh, air conditioning situation again and the hot water, and the lady just sort of shook her head in, not disbelief, but I know, and I'm sorry type of thing. So I had this brainstorm of an idea. I went back to my room and uh, put some sort of street clothes on and walked down to a restaurant. Well, actually, it was a, it was a coffee shop like Starbucks but not on the same level as Starbucks and I sat in there and got my iPhone out and connected to the in-house internet and I looked for other hotels nearby which I found one it was um, part of the best western chain uh, it was only about 100 yards down the road so to speak but it was close by good enough so I walked there after I had my coffee and I wondered if I could check in. Well, I wasn't allowed to check in till noontime. Well, I had no problem with that, of course, but I didn't make a reservation. Okay, after that, I walked back to my original hotel, which, of course, was the Green Space Palawan Hotel. And I walked up to reception, and I said to them, look, yeah, you're probably going to know this, but I am going to check out. I can't stay here without any hot water, and the internet service is just, well, non-existent, basically. And the lady shook her head in appreciation or acknowledging that I wanted to check out. 
So I packed my suitcase and then I was on my way. So what I did, uh, I flagged down a taxi. Now this hotel was down a side street, so I had to stand outside this place for quite some time before a taxi went by. And I flagged one down and uh, they took me to this new hotel. I got to the Best Western. I asked if I could check in early, but they asked me to just wait in the lobby. And eventually they did. And I was checked in around about 11 o'clock in the morning, which was actually terrific. And the room was quite nice. And the ambulance was a lot better, by the way. And lo and behold, they had hot water in the room, the air conditioning worked, and they had internet service as well, which was fact free, which is a good thing. The next thing on my agenda, I got onto my uh, iPhone, or was it my computer? Anyway, I called through Skype to the booking agency and I asked for a complete refund because of the state of the hotel. And fortunately for me, they obliged and they apologized. And anyway, I uh, basically um, figured it all out and a refund was deposited onto my credit card within 24 hours, which I thought was extraordinary. Now, I don't know who this was, if it was TripAdvisor, Travago, I think it was one of those two, or maybe Agoda. I don't know which one it is, but they did a good job. Now, the area I was in was a bit, if you want, third worldish, right? It wasn't neat and tidy or sophisticated, but that's not the point. That stuff does not bother me. Um, it was a character of it. People went about their business. There was lots of bicycles going around. There were lots of tuk-tuks, which was a main form of transport, by the way. And uh, just going up and down the streets, it was quite busy. So I spent the day just walking around, uh, found a place for lunch, went into a couple of shops, and uh, that was about it. Now, the following day, I was going or had an appointment for a scuba diving trip. I planned two, actually, um, with a reputed firm that was not too far away. Anyway, they came to pick me up at my hotel, and off we went. We went to the dive shop, which was a bit of a rough-looking place. It doesn't matter. I'm basically in, in a, a land which few have been to, and there's not many modern buildings there at all. It is what it is. So from the dive shop, there were only, what, three of us on the dive boat? That's myself, the dive master, and the guy who drove the boat. So, anyway, once we parked the car by the dock, we actually waded through water and got on this boat. And off we went. It appeared into the middle of nowhere. Now, the waters were so calm, it was unbelievable. It was like an ice ring. And I mean that figuratively speaking. The water was warm, of course, but what I'm saying, it was so smooth, you could see your face in it. It was waverless. We found a dive spot, and it seemed like they just pulled up and stopped. And I said, how did you know it was here? And the dive master said, I do this several days a week. I know this place like the back of my hand. He said, well, it actually makes sense, right? So we got on our gear, and overboard we went. And we went down, that's about 80 feet. But the diving was actually excellent, better than I thought it would be. A whole different world down there, isn't it? You go and see these beautiful coral reef and fish, and it's, it's gorgeous. It just nothing to like what the land is above. Anyway, we had two dives that day. That's about as many we want, actually. It's, it's enough. 
uh, because we had to obviously go back to the dive shop. We were out for about four, maybe five hours, but it was spectacular. Actually, on the way back to the boat dock, there were a number of boats going out. So I asked the dive master, I said, where are those boats going to? He said, actually, they're fishing boats. Well, these were quite large, sort of large rickety objects. And if there was a storm coming in, they'd probably capsize. Well, that was my thinking anyway. The boats go out, but they go out for two weeks at a time. The whole family goes out, apparently. Not necessarily a family, but it could be a crew of people. But they go out for two weeks at a time into the ocean and start fishing. And they're stacked with ice. So it's a big trip. And, of course, when they come back, um, they obviously sell the fish to the markets. They have accommodation on these boats, of course. But they've gone for quite some time. And there were about two or three of these things going out. There some coming back in as well. And I'm thinking, what kind of life is that? But they probably didn't know any other type of life to live. That's the way they were brought up. And that's what they were happy doing. Great to see, by the way. Anyway, got back to the dock. And then uh, we went back to the dive shop. From the dive shop, I took a tuk-tuk to my hotel. Now, here we go again with Filipino taxi drivers. Tuk-tuk drivers are basically the same. He went away back to the hotel, which just didn't seem right to me. And I didn't say anything at first, but I did recognize our turnoff where he should take a right, but he went straight on. And we landed at the other side of town. Now, what strikes me as being a bit funny is I was staying at the Best Western, which is effectively the best hotel in town. Why wouldn't he know this? Anyway, what I had to do is give him directions. Once we reached the other side of Puerto Princesa, I told him which way to go. It was like his first day on the job. Quite unbelievable. Anyway, he found it. I gave him an extra tip. I mean, money's hard to come by there. People are generally poor. And I gave him some extra pesos, so to speak. And he went off. Uh, really, really happy. And that was the end of my dive trip for the day. And basically, I got back to my hotel. I took a nap for an hour and uh, had to find a place to eat. There was a restaurant across the street from me. I can't remember the name of it. But next door to my hotel was a restaurant called Kinabuchis. And they have a nice bar there. And it was quite popular. So I went in there, had a couple of beers, then I decided to grab a table, and I looked at the menu. Well, you've heard of the expression, when in Rome? Well, you know what I mean. So, for the first time in my life, I tried a crocodile curry. Ever had one of those? Anyway, my warped sense of humor, well, this is me. I said to the waiter, I'll have a crocodile curry, and can you make it snappy? And, of course, that went over his head. I think he got the point a bit later on, actually. But the crocodile curry came out in about 20 minutes, and it was rather good. I just added some spicy sauce to it, and it went down really well. After that, I walked down to the Tiki Resto Bar, and I was talking to a young lady there who just wanted to come and sit by me for a chit-chat. And uh, we chatted probably for an hour or so. It, it was quite nice. And uh, then I made a lame excuse. I had to leave and get up early in the morning because of a dive trip. And that's exactly what I did. 
And the next day diving, we went to a different site, which was just as beautiful, so serene, peaceful. It was absolutely gorgeous. And I wish I could do that thing every day, but obviously I can't. But it was another awesome trip out on the water. Diving was a sort of perfection. Anyway, we were at about 80, 90 feet down. The dive master pointed at something. And I looked at it. Oh, a piece of coral. Very pretty. Very pretty coral. It's got blue coral. And But he had one of those writing pads attached to his uh, waist. And he wrote it down. The word frogfish. And I'd never seen a frogfish before. I, I didn't know... So I, I assumed I was looking at the wrong place. No, he got up closely and pointed at it. Frogfish, it looked like a piece of coral. They are masters of disguise. It was the most extraordinary thing I have seen. It was actually a fish. And I got real close up, and actually you could see a sort of face there. As, you know, a bit like the stonefish, you know, difficult to uh, see underwater. But I tell you, it was like a piece of artwork down, you know, at, at 80 feet below the water extraordinary thing they're not venomous it's just a weird looking creature and how mother nature came to create something like that is beyond me so i circled around it for a while it didn't move at all but in fact it was a fish extraordinary as it was there were the obviously fish down there sharks there was a few turtles etc etc nothing huge but the coral was actually uh, in pristine condition, unspoiled by the way, and that's good because the Filipinos do a good job in maintaining their reef system there. They allow fishing, of course, because the locals have to eat, but they do protect their reef system, a bit like um, Palau in Micronesia, I would say. Anyway, fish. Uh, the, this diving was excellent, and uh, we got back, and that was another day over and done with. I just went across the road for a curry that night. I got some Thai food, which was actually not bad. But I had an early night because I had a major trip the next day. Palawan is blessed with one of the natural wonders of the world. Probably haven't even heard of it, but it is the underground river. Basically, it is the longest underground navigable waterway in the world. It sounds quite something, doesn't it? Anyway, we've gone on a trip there, and it was a lengthy trip, but was it going to be worth it? Well, let's find out. The next morning, a minibus pulled up outside the hotel. There were a few people on board. I got on the bus. I was by myself. The rest of the people on board were were probably couples, and there was a um, a group of girls on the bus as well who had their yearly get-together, or even though they lived in different countries of the world. And that's what they were doing this year, coming to Palawan and see this river. Well, they probably came for more reasons than that. But anyway, I just uh, sat at the back of the bus and uh, tried to doze off. It was, you know, an okay trip. It was a bit bumpy. But we drove for two hours before we came to a halt at sort of a, a rest stop, so to speak. And there was a souvenir store there. And Give us a chance to stretch our legs, which we had to do. Some people had a bite to eat there. I did not. Um, so anyway, what we did after that, we got back on the bus and we stopped at another intermediate stop, but it was the mangroves. We got on a boat and just went through or down the river through these uh, mangroves, which were okay, but I think it was just a fill of time. It was okay, nothing spectacular. 
Okay, back on the bus, and then we pulled into a dock. Okay, what we did then, we got on a boat, right, for about a 20-minute ride to another dock, which was in a very remote area. And we got in a smaller boat, our crowd, there's about six of us, maybe eight of us in the crowd. Anyway, we then got another boat and went to really an obscure place in the landscape there. Like you, you could never find it on a map. It would be that small. So we pulled in and we got off this. It's almost like a canoe. Anyway, we got off and we walked about 10 minutes to another area where there was a couple of kayaks. Okay, so I was traveling alone, and at the front of the boat was just one seat. The rest of the kayak were rows of two. So I sat at the front, okay, which means I was going to have a really good view. Now, I had my GoPro camera with me, so I wanted to film everything here because I had no idea what we were going to see. The kayak started moving up, and we could see this cave approaching. That's what we were headed towards. Now, the thing about this is, and I never thought about it before, the GoPro camera cannot film anything in complete darkness. We were going into darkness, and having bright lights was forbidden. The only person to have a light was a gentleman who was steering our kayak at the back, by one of those uh, sticks, like being on a gondola almost. Anyway, he had a light in his helmet, and that's the only thing that was allowed a bright light. We went in to the cave, and as we approached the cave and went in, the Filipino tour guide said to us, ladies and gentlemen, if you decide to lock up at the roof of the cave, do not have your mouth open. And I thought, what on earth is he talking about? And as we got further in, I knew exactly what he meant. Because flying around were bats. And there were many of them. Probably hundreds. They live in there. And for the sort of nervous type of people, this wouldn't have gone down well at all. But it didn't bother me, right? The bats sort of live in that environment. And, you know, bats can't see. But they work from sound waves bouncing off the rocks inside. That's how they navigate, apparently. How cool is that? Yeah. So the water is sort of dirty. Mm, yeah. Well, it's from bat poop, obviously. So obviously, you're not going to drink the water. But we sailed in, if that's the right word, we moved into the cave, and then the daylight sort of disappeared. And it was darkness, and the only light emanating from our area was the spotlight from our tour guide's helmet. But inside this cave was the most unbelievable rock structures I have ever seen. There was one called the Nativity Scene, which looked like the scene from the birth of Christ. And there were other dynamic shapes of rock there. Each one has a name, because it looks like something in real life outside in the outside world funnily enough but the rock formations were quite spectacular i can't equate it to anything because i've never seen anything like it before like the rock formations maybe in the grand canyon but this is inside a cave now whether there's fish in the water i assume there are um, it doesn't matter but we were fairly close to the water because we're in a kayak 
So we were in there, I want to say about 45 minutes before we headed out. Now, we could see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, as we headed towards that. And eventually, we exited this uh, waterway. Now, we only went in part of the way. Right, It's several miles long, but we're only allowed in so far because it's one of the natural wonders, and the Filipino government are very protective of that area. They do not want it disruptive. And uh, I can see, I get their point. I get their point. Okay, we exit. And that's basically the end of the tour. However, we did stop for lunch on the way back and a sort of a nice buffet restaurants. The food was decent. The toilets were in complete disrepair. It didn't matter. And I sat with uh, five girls, the five girls I mentioned before, who went on their annual trip on the road, so to speak. And uh, they asked me to join them because I was alone. And uh, there was girls from uh, the Netherlands, one from America, one from Canada, one from New Zealand, one from the Philippines, They're all over the place. But anyway, they were, they were good fun. And uh, I thank them for inviting me to join them. We had a good chit-chat. Eventually, we arrived back at the hotel. And uh, that was pretty much it. So it was an early start. But we didn't get back till probably five or six o'clock at night. The bus wasn't that comfortable, but I managed to get a power nap in the hotel um, before I just went out to find some food that night. So I went back to Kinabuchis, didn't have the crocodile curry again because I had to fly the next morning. But I did go down the Tiki Resto Bar and they had a live Filipino band playing. Filipino bands are famous all over the world. If you go anywhere, especially around Asia, or you could go to the Middle East, if there's a band playing live, it's typically a Filipino band. They have a great talent for music. They have to be the most underestimated musicians in the world, interestingly enough. So that's a brief version of my trip to Palawan. Again, you read about it in the chapter, uh, Bats, Frogfish, and Nature's Wonders in Palawan from the book Planes, Trains, Taxis, and Tuk Tuks. You can read about this and get a list of all the other chapters if you go on my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, or just Google me on Amazon, Malcolm Teasdale. It'll pop up there and you will see it. Um, well, that's about it. That's the end of this little episode. A beautiful trip it was for me, and it's in my mind. I remember this trip for a long, long time, not only for the the uh, experience of the bats in the cave with one of the natural wonders of the world, but the beautiful diving experience. Would I go back another day and maybe go to El Nido? I think it's quite possible. It's on my bucket list, but as I said before, the older I get, the longer my bucket list gets, which is going the wrong way, unfortunately. Yes, I'm a travel addict, always will be, but I plan to settle down when I'm about 95, I think. That should be early enough. All right. Thanks for joining me, folks. Talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.